Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you are always with us. We ask now that you would speak your word to us. We would hear your word and that it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Please be seated. And elementary age children, if you haven't already, I invite you to head to the back for your class. And as you're being seated, if you would, turn with me to Psalm 96, page 499 in the Red Bibles. Psalm 96, page 499. Verse 1. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Now, conceptually for me, I think of Psalm 96 as sort of three concentric circles moving outward. And we start in the middle, which is actually, if you will, the middle of the psalm, which we'll look at in a second. And then because of that, we move out one, which we will look at. And then because of that, we move out even farther. So that's the framework, the three concentric circles that we'll use to look at this psalm today on this World Mission Sunday. Start at the center, move out, and then move out again. So the three circles of Psalm 96. And the first circle we find right in the middle of the psalm, the center of the psalm, is this topic of worthless idols. Verse 5. All the other gods of the peoples are really just worthless idols. What others worship, the psalmist says, are not the true God. They did not make the world. They cannot do anything. They are, as it says, worthless. Now, this is not at all meant to be derogatory, but simply straightforward and clear that what others are worshiping is not God. The false alternatives are, as it says here, meaningless and valueless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. He is worthy of praise. He has brought salvation to the world, and he will judge the peoples with righteousness. Now, in our Western culture, it's quite common to equate all religions as just basically being the same, equally valid, equally right, just maybe a bit different. But Psalm 96 declares clearly that all religions are not the same. The psalmist proclaims all other gods as merely worthless idols. They are not other paths to God. They are, as it says, worthless idols. And again, this is not arrogance looking down on others, but it's an essential starting point for the next two circles of the psalm. There is one, one true God. And he has revealed himself in scripture. He has become one of us in Jesus. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And as Psalm 96 declares to us that there is one God, 
the Lord, the God of Scripture, and all, other, all others are just false alternatives, worthless idols, as verse 5 calls them. That then leads us to the second circle out, the for, more the focus of the psalm. <clears throat> worship. This whole psalm is written as worship. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. And then verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Verse 11, let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. You see, worship is the absolute core of what the church is all about. It is the absolute core of what a Christian's life should be all about. Worship is by far the single most significant and essential part of our lives. It's what we were made for, and it is our highest calling. Worshiping the Lord for who He is and what He has done. So I tell you, I suggest to you today, that what we are doing together in this room here is without a doubt the single most important thing that you will do all week. It is more important than eating. It is more important than reading with your children. It is more important than your community group. It is even more important than your personal worship that you should, we all should be doing at home on our own or with our families. Because personal, private worship at home with our families prepares us for corporate worship, which is primarily what the Bible talks about when it speaks of worship. A worshiping church is essential and non-negotiable to God's call on us as Christians. God's glory, worshiping God for His greatness and His goodness, should be the driving force of our entire lives. That's what we're called to do. And His glory should be the aim of our lives. See, as Christians, we should be insatiably passionate about God's glory. Nothing short of that is fit for our Lord's, as the psalm says, who made the heavens. Everything about everything should point to the greatness of our great God. And a life devoted to worshiping God in His great glory is a life worth living. Now, we don't worship the idols we devote our lives to the worship of the one true God who made the heavens and has brought salvation. That's what we focus on. That is our purpose, worshiping our great God. And that then leads us to the third circle, leads us out one more. So the third circle of the psalm is mission. You see, the problem is that the whole world does not worship. There are billions, that's billions with a B, billions of people throughout the world stuck worshiping the worthless idols of verse 5. Worship is our high, highest calling. It's what we were made for. It's the only fitting response to our great God. And billions of people are not worshiping the one true God. And so as the author 
the pastor John Piper puts it so perfectly, mission exists because worship doesn't. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Because anywhere where God's glory is not the center of everything, it should be. God's glory should be the focus of everything. And anywhere that it isn't, we need to do whatever we can in order to fix that. Mission. The going out and sharing the gospel that people might come to know and worship God. That mission exists precisely because there are people in the world not worshiping God. God is not receiving all praise and all honor. And, Christ, and as Christians, that should trouble us and move us to action. Because the glory of God is at stake. And there are billions of people not fulfilling their God-given purpose of worshiping and giving glory to the one true God. And because they are stuck worshiping the worthless idols, and because God is not receiving the glory that he deserves, the church, we must, as it says in verse 3, we must declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples, that all may hear of his salvation and have the opportunity to come to faith and discover the true purpose of worshiping the Lord of heaven and earth. We need to declare his love and salvation to the ends of the earth. This is the ultimate calling of our lives, to worship the one true God and to invite others to worship him as well. To, as it says in verse 10, to say among the nations, the Lord reigns. We have the truth and the love and the salvation of Jesus that we are then called to share with the world. What we have is worth sharing with the world. It was a number of years ago now, but there was a Mercedes-Benz commercial that showed, in the commercial itself, showed one of their cars colliding with the concrete wall during a safety test. And in the commercial, someone then asked the company's spokesman why they don't enforce their patent on the Mercedes-Benz energy-absorbing car body, a design which was apparently being blatantly copied by other companies. Why don't you enforce your patent? You own this. Why are you letting other people use it? And in the commercial, the Mercedes-Benz spokesman replied to that question very matter-of-factly. Because some things in life are too important not to share. Exactly. The Lord reigns. He has brought salvation through his death and resurrection of Jesus. And that news, that message is too important for us not to share. As the church, we long to see the whole world come to know Jesus and give him glory and worship and the knowledge of God and the faith that we have in Christ is too important not to share. Church, where the worship of Jesus does not exist, we must go 
in mission. Where the worship of Jesus does not exist, we must go in mission. And that means going to Bolivia to use skills and knowledge in medicine and safety, to use that skill set as an opportunity to share the gospel with men and women in Bolivia, as Doug and Flora in this congregation have recently done. It means going to Haiti to minister among children there, as Jane has done. It means going to previously unreached tribes in the Amazon, as Jay has done. It means teaching in Asia and sharing the message of Jesus with students, as Ben has done. It means ministering among refugees that the government has settled in our own backyard, like George and Karen and Katie and others here in this congregation are doing. Where there are people who do not have faith in Jesus and are not giving him glory and praise, where the worship of Jesus does not exist, we, the church, must go in mission. And it is my hope and it is my prayer that many, many in this congregation from here will go out and serve, yes, in foreign mission. Carrying the gospel to where people are not worshiping Jesus. Going out from here, both short-term and long-term missionaries, to share the good news of Jesus with those around the world that do not know him. That the worship of Jesus would be spread to the ends of the earth. That we as Holy Cross will, as verse 3 says, that we will declare God's glory among the nations and his marvelous works among all the peoples, that we will send missionaries all over the world to carry the message of Jesus in love to those who worship the worthless idols, that, that any other God other than the one true God, that in love we, actually us, we will go in mission to wherever worship of Jesus is not taking place as it should. I want to speak especially and encourage parents and grandparents. I want to encourage you and challenge you to raise up your children and your teens to see mission as a real possibility for their lives. Teach and encourage our kids that serving God as missionaries is in fact one of the highest callings they could possibly have. Encourage our kids to discover how they can use their God-given gifts and their talents to actually share the gospel with the world. For example, let's encourage our kids to learn languages now when the school will teach them for free so that it's then available to use in mission. Encourage our kids to learn skills now that could be used for God's glory on the mission field. We should not teach our kids that their jobs should enable them to make lots of money so they can live comfortably. But that their jobs, wherever in the world they are, that their jobs should be for the glory of God and the sharing of His message of salvation with the world. 
And if they do make lots of money, wonderful, that enables them to pour financially into God's mission in the world. As Christians, we are called to make the worship of Jesus the central thrust of our lives. And wherever the worship of Jesus does not exist, we are called to go in mission. On this World Mission Sunday, we remember specifically that the church is called called to go into all the nations, to leave where we know, and to go into all the nations declaring the salvation that is available in Jesus alone. Now some here can go and will go into foreign countries in both short-term and long-term mission. And I want to encourage that immensely. We're already working to identify some short-term opportunities for people here to be involved in. Some here will identify the call to join in our refugee ministry, ministering to the nations that have been, uh, that have come here and have been placed in our own backyard. Others may be hearing the call that while they are not led to go to a foreign nation to share the gospel, that there are people in our own families or neighborhoods or workplaces, people right around us who are not worshiping Jesus. Wherever the worship of Jesus is not taking place, we are called to say yes and go in mission. There are billions of people who do not know Jesus and are trapped worshiping the worthless idols. And we who know Jesus are called to make the worship of Jesus the central purpose of our lives. And for the glory of God, wherever the worship of Jesus is not taking place, wherever people are not worshiping Jesus, we need to go in mission. Amen?